0: Let's talk about sax. Let's talk about sax. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Jeff Robinson. I'm the host. Podcast is called Let's Talk About Sax, and that's what we do. We talk about the saxophone. And today, we're going to continue talking about Oliver Sane. The late, great Oliver Sane out of St. Louis influenced quite a few musicians out of St. Louis, as well as his protege, Al Caldwell, bassist who went on to perform with Vanessa Williams and a bunch of other legends. Yes, yes. So this is two of three part interview with Al. Al is my cousin. We go back. So you know we were gonna we were gonna, we were gonna talk we are gonna talk about the saxophone. We talked about Oliver Sain and we're gonna just segue right into the second part of that interview right now. Let's get it going. And this gentleman, Amos, he's you've you've recorded with him, this this saxophonist too, right?
1: Yeah, twenty seven years. In fact, he was one of uh, Oliver Sain's uh, favorite uh, young proteges. I mean, oh. he really intensively uh, studied uh, Oliver. I mean, mm. every lick from Harlem Nocturne to, I mean, which was also one of Oliver Sain's big hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew every lick. Right now, he's he's ill in a That's hospital right. in St. Louis, but a great player. And you'll hear him on some of the music that, uh, you'll yeah. be playing, playing
0: exactly. on. That. Well, since we just mentioned that, let's, in fact, let's just put up one where he's very featured. And we're going to maybe get into four of these tracks. Um, but there's, there's one that you did and he is sort of the feature of the, of it. Manny's mood, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just put this up there right now and Al owns the rights to these so we don't have to worry about, you know, the FCC or somebody coming at us saying you're playing music and we don't have the rights to. This is Al's music, his original music, Manny's mood. Here it goes right here. And that was Manny's mood. Great, great track. Very, very, very just moody. And tell us something about that track. Well, I wanted
1: something kind of smooth jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's still bluesy, right? Yeah, it's like so many different uh, levels of smooth jazz. I mean, to me, uh, Grover was still like yeah, you know, still considered the father of smooth jazz, but it was so much more than that. It wasn't really. I didn't look at it smooth jazz. I just thought of it as uh, still jazz. But uh, uh, his melodicism and phrasing was just absolutely incredible. And I wanted something that didn't have just corny little hits. Boom! I can't stand it. You just do corny blues scale licks. So I was just trying to find something simple, funky. I mean, I'm still at the part now, like I said, from studying with Oliver Sane. The space is a note, a rest mm-hmm. is still a note. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, knowing when to stop. Uh, like I said, I still think that saxophone is still one of the most expressive instruments in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I only mainly worked with maybe three saxophones, well, four at in St. Louis, and it was uh, Peanuts Whalem,
2: oh.
1: Oliver Sane. Uh, I would use Amos Brewer and also Tim Cunningham, who was Mm -hmm. signed to uh, Arista Records. Mm -hmm. So those are my favorite four saxophone players. And each one of them brought a a, a different thing. Amos was more like a mixture of a little bit of Parker, uh, Charlie Parker mixed with a whole lot of Maceo Parker Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, a little bit of David Sanborn. Oliver was everything. I right. mean, from Gene Ammons, but Oliver sounded like Oliver. Right. But he had the, uh, I mean, he had the uh, vocabulary of Lester Young, Coleman right. Hawkins, Ben right. Webster.
2: Right.
1: I mean, he, he uh, and he was a multi-instrumentalist, but when it came to saxophone, baby, he, he really made you learn about music if you were around him, and uh, his vocabulary was just so extensive. Mm-hmm. Uh And then with peanuts, I mean, my God, and his nephew, you know. Yep. Yeah, Kirk Whalum. Kirk Whalum, The whole and, Whalum
0: uh, family. Yeah. Yeah. Peanuts yeah. died a couple of years back. Was it? Was it? Yeah. About, about a no, year. No, it, it
1: was. No, yeah, but uh, it was Christmas last yeah. year. Yeah. 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 On Christmas Day. It. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing, amazing musician. I like I used him on uh, rap records, on some of my rap projects as a producer. Yeah. He used to always tease me, "Don't make a million dollars and forget me." Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I, trust me, I never forgot you, and I never made a million. So. <laughs> so,
0: well, talk about a certain person that needs some 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 respect and some recognition he he and he was a multi-instrumentalist himself oh unbelievable
1: jesus yeah Uh, and and he sang like sounded like nat king colin exactly
2: i
0: heard he did some gigs with nat you know oh yeah yeah Yeah. you know so uh i I met him some years back too when i was Mm -hmm. in st louis uh uh, working with his his son tony right Uh,
2: right yeah
0: so uh it's a lot of great saxophonists. I did this uh, one interview with this gentleman in, in Kansas City uh, talking about Charlie Parker. And he said, um, you know, Kansas City is a sax town and St. Louis is a trumpet town. And I and, and I was a little hurt by that, being a saxophonist myself. I'm right, you, right. Some great saxophonists come out. Oh, big out of, time, sh-
1: big time. I don't Camp Hill, a to- lot of cats, man. Uh, yeah it, it's uh, so oliver many. oliver yeah oliver nelson and nelson oliver, oliver nelson L- davis
0: right? sanborn the sanborn. great davis yeah. sanborn i yeah. mean uh we can go on and on uh Gre- oh yeah big time greg osby who yeah is, big time yeah, yeah. so yeah. um there are some uh, great saxophonists to come on i'm hoping to uh, interview Greg. I haven't talked to him about it, but Greg is a good friend. Hoping to get him on this podcast mm-hmm. at at some point. um Let's play another track from you know because you're you're a prolific producer, man. You got you got what two thousand some songs out there. Yeah, over twenty seven twenty
1: seven hundred songs. Yeah, that's and 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 uh and uh all in F. I said last time I it said G, G. Well, You've gotta uh,
0: transpose it. I'm yeah, yeah.
2: B
1: flat transposition. Move in whole steps, because I never learned the rule of fourths, cycle. So I just just kind of keep moving over, just moving the notes around until it feels good. This yeah.
0: was what this was the the first one you had sent me, and I really I really loved it. It was, it was, it was live, man, and and your bass playing is. Really extraordinary on it. And some there's some good saxophone on there. This is called Let's Talk About Sax. So, uh, but No Punks Allowed. That is just a laugh, laugh song. Yeah, we're, we're going to go right into it right now. you All right, that was a great, great track. What what do you got to say about that one? That was so live, you know it reminded me of of, of of like some some weather report like stuff, you know? What what, what, what brought that, that it has this nice nice it's moving forward like constantly, you know? Right.
1: Well I actually believe it or not, when I wrote that I was thinking of Charlie Parker.
0: Oh uh, yeah.
1: and and how you cut heads because it starts Mm -hmm. off at a blazing fast uh, speed. And the name of the game is um, You Better Shed Before You Step Up Here on this one. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: It does have a weather report overtone because of the Jocko. Exactly. That's what (laughs) it was. Yeah, that was a reminiscent of one of his uh, uh, favorite grooves. But at the same time, it was like, you know, just pop, hit. You know, so I come in with my slap. Uh, uh, trying to do something, but it's not necessarily bebop, but definitely not something that's blue scale slap solo no, at no, the beginning. No. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, then we have Amos Brewer coming in blazing.
0: Yeah, and he uh, some uh, really good saxophone. Yeah, right?
1: he really did some some really bluesy, bluesy uh, 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 with minor bop overtones, but still bluesy, and that's what I like about his his a cross between Maceo Parker and Charlie Parker, I thought was Mm -hmm. a great hybridization in his style. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. we end up with Richard White Jr., who's, uh, he was 25 years old at the time. Great, Mm -hmm. great little Fender Rhodes player. Mm -hmm. Great ears, like a baby uh, Herbie at the time. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah, we Mm -hmm. were blazing. It was absolute fun. Yeah, And then uh, having put uh, backgrounds in there. So I love uh, background vocals over uh, driving music. You know, I even uh, recently on some of the new stuff you'll hear near Christmas, I actually went and did a Chopin's Opus 28 mm-hmm. uh, with my daughter playing the piano part. And then I'm doing the fretless, the melody on fretless. And then I'm doing Marvin Gaye style background vocals and singing over Chopin's Opus 28. And <laughs> so I uh, hope you like that.
0: Yeah, no, that was that was really good. Now, when you are in the studio and you're recording and, and from everything you, you know, were, were tutored under Oliver Sain and to where you are now and having recorded with some of the people and have gone on a roll with some of the people and the state of recording now and opposed to when you started with Oliver Hussain, you know, what do you bring from Oliver Sane and, and what and how do you, you know, I, I have... A very marginal experience in the studio i'm more of a live musician when there were such a thing just live musician with this pandemic <laughs> this pandemic but what how how do you go about it in the studio now
1: um it's different um i mean when i started and uh you know everybody was younger it seemed like we flowed uh the flow structure was uh you kind of had to live what you you, you you got. I mean, I started doing stuff with a Kai helical scan heads, uh, actual tape. So the manipulation to actually get what you wanted, uh, you really had to just pray that the first take or the second take or the third take or the fourth take was the takes, just like back in the day when Blue Note were, was recording, you know, when right. they were doing jazz or Blue Note. But as uh, once I got into Pro Tools... Uh, I would normally end up having every saxophone player give me four passes, and then I would cut up their solos in order to get the the solo that I felt would best fit the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, uh, I need continuity, I needed a beginning, I needed a peak, and I need uh, resolve and resolution. And depending on how that saxophone player was, most of the people I used weren't, because we didn't really have a recording industry in St. Louis other than Oliver. Uh, But uh, a lot of people didn't have studio experience. So you had to make them sound like they were somebody from L.A. or make them, by editing, make them sound like they were from New York. Um, uh, Some saxophone players, I I didn't have to edit as much. I mean, with Amos Brewer, I had to edit a lot. I mean, he was a good player, no disrespect to his playing but uh, when you editing somebody who's high high energy, right? Uh, then a lot of times, and they and they mostly a live player, pacing pacing in the studio may not be the same way they they come at you when they used to play in clubs. And clubs, you're fighting to get that that uh, approval, the audience screaming back to back to back to back. So a lot of times you don't build solos. You don't come in beautifully and then build them to a peak and then resolve. You just fire, 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 fire. So I would have to um, let him play a solo, get it out of his system, and then start controlling the intro, uh, control the resolution, and then I can make my own uh, peak from taking a a bit of – from this element a bit from the end, uh, even now with Melodyne, I go back and grab uh, another song that's at a completely different tempo. Uh, it's almost like sampling,
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: you you flip it, invert it, cut up the notes, change the note selection, right. and then you invent the solo of your dreams.
2: Right, wow. but
1: you really have to understand how saxophone works, you know. But Melodyne is so great with editing saxophones because. You can fix squeaks and, uh, and playing with the four net, You can uh, actually make the, uh, uh, you know, uh, do cough sound a little bit more like hard rubber and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff is uh, incredible.
0: What is Melodyne?
1: Okay. Melodyne is a program by a company called Celimony. And what they have the ability to do with this program is take every note you play. I can have you play into a microphone or play into Melodyne or take your track off of a, a DAW, which is a digital audio workstation, mm-hmm. pull it into Melodyne. And Melodyne will tune you up, fix your pitch, and then give you, or give the producer, in my case, the nuances I was looking for that the artist may have not have played. Right. So this goes with bass, saxophone, vocal. Because a lot of times now, who has a week or two weeks to hope that the saxophone player gets it? Right. Or is on the same page as the way you're hearing it, or fixing a great performance, but four or five notes was out. I mean, with Melodyne, I can move you a minor third almost a an octave with no artifacts. Mm-hmm. So I can get the the solo to say exactly what I wanted to say, uh, even if you were like close, uh, but you didn't, uh, you weren't filling that tune. If mm-hmm. I give four passes, I can make it sound like you did. Mm-hmm. Like you were, it. So
0: that's quite a bit of functionality. That tons, tons
1: yeah, of functionality. You know, I mean, it's a nightmare to learn the program. And I mean, you would wish that people could just walk in, like back in the old days with Train or Bird or Michael Brecker, and just sit down. You know, but but look at all the recordings they did. Right. I mean, that's a whole nother kind of a horn player. I mean, that's what Oliver Sain really was. I mean, not only is live chops and his ability to, to move an audience, a live audience well, but it's just a whole nother realm when you're a saxophonist who, who uh, you know, uh, like Ernie and all those other incredible, uh, you know, Tom Scott. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of what is the other guy who played, a uh, like all the guys who work with Bernard Harriman. And,
0: right.
1: um those uh, L A.
0: those L A. LA,
1: the L A. cats who yeah, just bented the, the teeth out of the altos and stuff. Right. But uh, those those guys did studio all the time. Right. So when you take a live guy, like I said, baby, most of most of that don't work in the studio.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, you just can't bring the thunder and wear somebody' neck out all day. It's like right. Chaka kind of overkill. You don't. You don't. You know, Chaka's because of her experience, her pacing is insane. And nothing sounds better than a well-paced musician, right. bass player, no matter what your instrument is. Oliver Singh was a well-paced saxophonist. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So,
0: And there is a difference, you know, from in the studio. And, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that's exactly what you're talking about, um, mm-hmm. understanding. And when you're live, you, you are fighting for the attention of the audience. Right, um, right. And when you're in the studio... You, you you don't have that same fight, Mm-mm. simple as right. that. Right, the
1: maturity, yeah, it's a certain degree of maturity you must bring to the table. And uh, a lot of cats, if you never get the experience or the opportunity, you never get to hone those skills. I mean, Abraham Laborio said one of my favorite quotes, you can't rehearse experience, you just have to live it. And that's, that's the absolute truth.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that goes in so many other... Uh, performance or it's as as as, it's just a life experience too Mm -hmm. um and you also are a singer you know and one of the tracks you sent um you're singing on it and it sounds great um thank you can i belong right that's Mm -hmm. you singing right right yeah it's it's Really, really, really good and, and Yeah, was, in a
1: in a multiverse. I pretend I was a drug dealer. <laughs> like a very successful drug dealer in a multiverse. Very
0: successful drug dealer. very
1: successful. Not in this life. I mean I'm I'm still working with Jack in the Box and and loving me some KFC.
0: Jack in so, the Box. That Jack in the it, Box is a very regional. Very oh, regional. How does yeah. any Jack in the Box okay, outside well, of St. Louis?
1: <laughs> any place you got regional that sells tacos and burgers?
0: Tacos you, and burgers. burgers.
1: Yeah, you can call it Jack in the Box as far as I'm concerned. But it, in this, in a multiverse, I was a very successful drug dealer, and I wrote a song about uh, being a success. Successful drug dealer who sings songs, and my wife is cheating on me. So I wrote a song called Can I Belong to You? And he realizes that she's pulling away, and he realizes also, too, at the same time, he loves uh, doing his music more than he loves being in a relationship with her. It's, and at the end, I pull out trumpet. I'm playing trumpet yeah, at the end a little bit. I too,
0: know. You know. That's why we, we got to play this with ladies, ladies and gentlemen. we are going to love this. Can I Belong? Here it is. Let's talk about sax. Okay, I know y'all was ready to hear that song. I know you were ready. You're gonna have to wait till next week. You know how I do it. And Al and I, like I said, we went on for about an hour and a half. So I cut it up into three parts, and it gives you something to look forward to for next week. And hearing Al sing his song. Al is great musician, protege of the great the late great Oliver Sain, who we are celebrating this, this three-week installment of Let's Talk About Sax. He's from St. Louis. Oliver's from St. Louis. Al is from St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis. This is a St. Louis saxophone thing happening right now. Yes, yes, Let's Talk About Sax. I'd like to thank Reactor Productions for this theme song. I'd also like to thank Anchor for distributing the podcast. Levitate Web Solutions for producing the podcast. We have a website, ladies and gentlemen, Let's Talk about You can get more information about me, some of the people I uh, interview here at Let's Talk About Sax. We'll be back next week for the last installment of our interviews with Al Caldwell as we celebrate Oliver Sane. Let's talk about sax.